G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, August 29. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual, Joel Marshall and Daniel Nuttall. Well, Joel, I know we probably have said this more than once, but spring is definitely in the air now. Uh, massive 10-race card at Caulfield on Saturday, highlighted by the Group 1 MMG Stakes. Indeed it is. Yeah, got a bit excited when uh, doing the form for this meeting on Saturday. It is uh, a cracker card at Caulfield. Of course, we've got the 10 races with an added race that we lost at the Valley last week. Uh, a lot of class throughout the field. It's probably one of the best Benchmark 70, uh, benchmark 78 races we've ever seen in the second race on the card. And of course, the, the good black type action later in the day. So you're really looking forward to it. Yes, indeed. Well, the Memsey uh, has thrown up its share of... Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup, and Cox Plate winners over the years. Daniel, uh, and you'd think there'd be an opportunity to win one of those races with no winks around and uh, pre- presumably very few coming out. A few of these are probably trying to uh, get the get the hype back on track after uh, a sort of a bit of a lacklustre Liston or Peter Lawrence stakes. Uh, it does still look like a formidable lineup, doesn't it, Daniel? Yeah, sure it does. That Lawrence was obviously a, a cracking, um, a cracking race, and racer sort of was controlled up on the speed. I think a few of the horses you're sort of referring to might have got a little bit further back than anticipated, and and it ran well without threat. I think they'll get their chance here, though, to um, yeah, as you said, stake their claim and um, and sort of and hit back with some form. But yeah, very cracking lineup, of course. Couple of runners coming into state as well, and a three-year-old obviously taking on the field, fifty and a half. So, plenty of form lines to dissect. And as Joel said, looking forward to the the entire meeting. Uh, yes, indeed. Well, we speaking of the entire meeting, we'll take you through the entire back black type. Would you want to discuss that benchmark seventy-eight first, Joel? Uh, well, we can, can we, we can we can come back to that because conveniently enough, my best of the day comes up in the race, so we can discuss that at the, at the end of the the Caulfield card. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll start in race six then, and that is Ned's The Heath 1100 Stakes. 1100 metres, as the name would suggest. Set weights and penalties for four years old and up. A group three worth 160,000, and uh, there's 15 to face the starter here, Joel. Yeah, really tricky race. Um, just one of several races where you can make plenty of cases. I'm with number five, Bold Star, and I think he's come up good value. He was in good winning form early last prep, and then he really stepped up in grade. He finished second in the Rubiton and a uh, pretty good midfield run in the Oakley Plate, both at Caulfield. He ended the prep with a, an unlucky run in the Goodwood where he met with uh, significant interference at a couple of stages during the race. Craig Williams to ride. He will get better with the run under the belt. He's only won one from five fresh. But uh, as reference, both his Caulfield runs around the 1100 have been good. So I was happy to play him each way from one Crystal Dreamer. I think he's come up over the odds. He's pretty well in with 58 and a half, really. Uh, of course, an Oakley Plate place getter carrying the 55. He's been jumping out well, as he normally does. I think $17 is over the odds. 12 Hummer Hummer. Uh, obviously, the, they missed the race last week at the Valley, but she wouldn't have gone around anyway on that wet track. She needs it dry, and she'll get those conditions to suit Saturday. She's got a great fresh record. And 14 Liar, the other talented mare. She was uh, in very good form towards the back end of that prep. Last time in, she wasn't able to win, but she was placed in both the Sankster and the Goodwood. She's all class. I've gone 5, 1, 12 and 14. 
The money's been trickling in all week uh, since market sort of came up yesterday for Diamond Effort. Went up 9.50 yesterday into 6.50 now. Um, She's a ripping mare. She came back in terrific order last preparation. She won four from four. uh, Graduated up through the levels and won a Mornington Hariba Stakes. At Mornington, the format of that race has been franked. Then it went to Caulfield, set back in trip and was far too good with them. Um, And then post-race found to have a bleed. So she was banned for three months. She's since come back. She's jumped out well. Barrier 15 is the query, but there's a bit of speed drawn sort of immediately inside her. So I think she can come across with them. And um, if any luck sort of settle, maybe three wide with with cover midfield. Um, she, she enjoys getting around Caulfield. She's won twice here. I think she's in for a good preparation. I think uh, Clint McDonald said to me earlier in the week for a story that they're targeting races like the Matacato and Moya for, for form this preparation warrants it. Uh, so they're aiming high with her, and I think she can get the job done here. Um, I mean, what is a tough race, granted? The 12 in next Hummer Hummer, a favourite of mine. She loves it first up and goes well at Caulfield. Dry track, obviously, as Joel touched on, uh, right um, right up her alley. The two, Superstorm, of course, was placed at an all-sub-mile Australian Guineas at the mile last prep in Melbourne. But pretty versatile horse and one still um, still improving. Only had the eight starts under his belt. And in for fourth, 15, Profit's Thumb, best roughy if they go hard out. They're going hard in front. Um, she can certainly make her presence felt late. 13-12-2-15. Yeah, well, I'm with Garner, the uh, South Australian galloper, who um, just never runs a bad race. Um, and, yeah, I mean, well, has never, in fact, missed a place. And last prep, uh, had one big win over 1,100 in the Redelva. And then... Um, other three runs you've beaten less than a length every time. Just extremely uh, reliable sprinter is Garner, but uh, clearly divides opinion because uh, Garner is Richo's best bet on the program. I've tipped Garner on top and considered making him my best on the program, uh, but no one else in the uh, eight-person winning post tips panel even has uh, Garner running a place. So there you go. We will see who's right. And who isn't? Race seven at Caulfield on Saturday is the HDF McNeil Stakes, 1,200 metres for three-year-olds, set weights and penalties at Group 3, Joel. Again, another very tricky race. Um, Hoping to sort of, if you can sort of find one at the right time and get the value, um, that's sort of half the battle. I'm going for number 14, National Choice. Might be the time to get a decent price about him. Favourite both starts to date. He was impressive at Geelong. Went to Caulfield. Bit slow away. Got back. Really ran on strongly for third behind one I've got a lot of time for in Aidan's field, who, of course, then went to Sandown and remained undefeated. Uh, Damien Oliver, you'd think, would have had the pick. But, I mean, he was tied to Flying Award last week at the Valley before that race got abandoned. He sticks with Flying Award, and he's definitely got a case. But... uh, Mick D would know national choice rides for the Mick Kent yard quite a lot. So I'm going with 14 to beat number one, Tagaloa. Interesting that they bring out the blinkers first time, uh, 1,200 metres fresh, and all that good form without the blinkers, and then they're, they're sort of really rushing to put them on. Just tells me that he he might not be as sharp as, um, you know, uh, he might just be ready to get to a mile, which is what, he's, you know, that's the sort of horse we've always thought he would be. So interesting to see how he goes. He'll run well. It's just whether he's sort of the sharp enough for the 1,200. Uh, four extra times a horse I've got a, a fair bit of time for, this uh, South Australian galloper. Really liked his national stakes win at the back end of last prep when the blinkers went on. 
He had the blinkers on first up. He tackled the spring stakes. So he had the 51 and a half at weight for age. He had a tough run. He wanted to over race and just knocked up late. I thought the run was okay. Winkers on Jamie Carter ride. She gets her horses to settle. I think big improvement from him and seven flying award, as I touched on. He uh, was all the rage in that race last week. He showed plenty of promise in that first prep. He'll be attacking the line hard. 14, one, four and seven. Yeah, I found this a tricky affair as well. Uh, we'll be on wide in the quadium. Look, I've got the one on top tag of lower, just on exposed form. It's hard to sort of go past him. Of course, a blue diamond winner at this track and trip. Last prep and then went to Sydney and performed pretty well on those wet tracks. Um, yes, no doubt he's we'll be probably looking for further later in, in the preparation, but um, on class has to go in and, and goes on top. I think the Price Kent Junior Stable hold a good hand in this race. They have three runners and all three of them, I think, can um, certainly win. I've got Immortal Love and National Choice, second and third pick, respectively. They both jumped out well together. Immortal Love, of course, unbeaten. Um, thrashed Quiqui at Flemington. And National Choice is a, a smart uh, cult resuming. The th- other one is the three-hour playboy, who, um, unlike those two, has a race under his belt. This preparation, a win of the Vane Stakes, a little underappreciated by the market, went around $12, but um, won pretty well there. Uh, wide draw, a bit of a concern, but um, on the back of that win, he has to be included. I think Flying Award, who I did like last week, and uh, the last charge at a bigger price worth throwing into wider exotics as well. 110, 14, and 3. Flying Award for me. I've got ranting the Vane Stakes runner-up. Thought could uh, turn the tables on our Playboy. Our Playboy, just a little bit concerned with that uh, gate 15. Uh, Crosshaven, the unbeaten Crosshaven returning for third and Loka for fourth. So uh, that first four will pay anything, I'm sure. 7, 11, 9, and 16. But again, we'll see how we go. I am taking the field in the first leg of the quaddy. Race eight at Caulfield on Saturday is the Ned's Heavily Stakes. 1,700 metre listed handicap worth 140,000 job. Yeah, tricky affair with uh, a few of these resuming and, and looking to get out over further. I'm going to lean to one of the first uppers. be interesting to see what the market says. He's got 62 kilos, Mirage Dancer. I think if he brings the form that he had last prep, at weight for age level, I think he'll run really well. He, he was a bit disappointing first up in the ore, but then second up in the Peter Young over 1,800 at this, at this track. He was excellent against the pattern of the day, flashing through for third. He then went on to, to run pretty decent races in the Australian Cup and the Tancred. So whilst he's going to probably be underdone and be looking for further, I just think 1,700 first up. Under handicap conditions, minimum's 56. I think he can run well. Eight, Circoni. Well, he's the rock-hard fit horse. Go forward and and give them an absolute stack to chase. He was excellent in the Lawrence Stakes. Had the, the tempo to suit. It wasn't, uh, wasn't a strong run. 1,400, and he was entitled to kick on, but he did. He took the whole length of the straight for Savitiano to get past him. So that's the right form. 14, game keeper. I thought he was excellent first up in the Ori Star. 1,200 to 1,700. A little bit of a, a stretch, but he's a horse on the up. And 10 Mantastic might be a silly price. I thought first up at Flemington, 59 and a half. He was okay. He'll be fitter for that. And then up in trip, definitely a positive. I've gone 2, 8, 14, 10. Pretty big fan in one here in the form of the 14 gamekeeper who uh, yeah, Joel alluded to was excellent in the Ori Star first up. 
look, he has, it was, I was over 1,200 metres. He has won over 1,200 metres before back in Adelaide last preparation. Um, and 1,200 to 1,700 metres is a bit of a query, but he did go 1,200 to 1,500 last prep and thrashed him with 62 kilos, then set up to the mile, Adelaide guineas, and made his opponents look pretty second rate there. Um, and then kept going on with the job. 2,000 metre win at Flemington before spelling. He's obviously come back in terrific order. I think he can catch a few of these um, as handy as staying types who are first up and maybe in need of the run. He's obviously got the run of the belt and 56 kilos Luke Carey back aboard um, from injury. So best of the day in Flemington, 14 gamekeeper. The eight, Sir Coney, uh, Rockhard Fitton, of course, gave Savitiano a scare in that red-hot Lawrence. Uh, of course, it was a race that helped to be close to the speed, but no knock on him. He's going really well this time in. The two in for third, which is Mirage Dancer, um, can run a race fresh. And the 10, I was in greens with Joel, fantastic, a bit of a fan of him. Um, did enough first up, second up, rises in distance and onto a good track. All ticks in his favour. He he's certainly going in the quaddy. 14, 8, 2 and 10. Yeah, I um, am gambling that... Uh... This 1,700 for those of large that I'm going against the first up this year, and I'm with uh, Daniel. I do like Gamekeeper. Uh, Plonciel, obviously, with race, race fitness on side. Exasperate, one under the belt for third. And the first up I have got in is number four, Dr. Drill. So my number's 14, 11, 13, and four. The big one is race nine at Caulfield on Saturday. Magic Millions, Memsey Stakes, 1,400 metres, Group one, standard weight for age, three-year-old and up, uh, worth 750000 A few fun facts, barriers two to five have provided seven of the past eight winners of, the, of this. Uh, we're talking with no scratchings. We're talking Behemoth, Sosie Bon, Mr Quickie and Mystic Journey. Um, no horse older than seven. Well, there's not too many old-timers in this field. Uh, has won the Memsey since La Zagaletta. And no bad news for Regal Power, who's in my top four. No Memsey winner has carried the number one saddlecloth since 1995. On the other hand, the favourite has won the Memsey in nine of the past 14 years. Any of those fun facts accord with your selection, John? Um, not quite. I'm with Cascadian, who draws barrier eight. I was with him in the Lawrence first up and thought he was excellent. We touched on the Lawrence earlier. They really stacked up in the middle stages and it was a dash home. Thought he was clearly the run of the race. Yes, staying near the inside and pinching ground on the turn whilst a couple of others came wide. But it was a lovely return. You're going to get double figures again. And I'm very happy to stick with him on an each-way basis. To beat seven, Bohemoth, he's the fresh blood. He won the spring stakes first up in Adelaide. He's just a, a really good horse. He's going to get the sweet run from the good draw. He can definitely measure up. At weight for age in Melbourne, one regal power I've thrown in for third as the big improver out of the Lawrence. A tempo dead set against. And he's a horse that always improves with a run under the belt anyway. So you can certainly see him taking a big leap forward. And I've thrown in number four, Sosie Bon. I guess just, you know, not exactly referencing your stat barks with the good barriers, but it certainly helps. I just think you'll get a lovely run from that gate. He's always been a bit of a non-winner, hasn't he? But he put a couple of wins together last prep. I thought he was very good first up in the Ori Star. He's never won at 1,400. You, you know, you get better over a mile. They're just seen getting a lovely run. And if they do sort of stack up again, it becomes a bit of a sprint home. He won't be far off them. He might be a bit of a knockout hope. But I've gone nine seven one four. 
Joel and I singing from the same hymn book, Re Cascadia. Not much more to add to what he's already said. Um, I thought he was the run of the race in that Lawrence, uh, sort of a slower um, track on the inside. Not many sort of won from that sort of um, part of the track and he'll only improve, I think, second up. So he's on top for me. The other Godolphin runner in for second, Sabatiano, who I was with in that race and that Lawrence um, had the good run close to the speed and what was a dash home and um, performed well. Always goes well fresh and second up. Well, she's never missed a Cornella in seven second up start. So hoping that can be the case here. Get around second, then my top pick. The 11, Mystic Journey, um, wide throughout. She's better than that, willing to give her one more chance. And the 15 in for fourth, Glenn Fittich. Um, speaking with Craig Newitt early in the week for an article for the paper, and uh, he was pretty um, pretty giddish on this this Colts' chances. He really worked hard, really worked well uh, leading up to it, jumped out well, um, 50 and a half kilos on his back, no weight. I'm trying to jockey quite confident he'll run a race. So worth throwing into the um, into the four, I thought. The 15, 9, 13, 11, 15. Yes, uh, Daniel's interview with Craig Newitt is on page two of your winning post this week. And Daniel's also spoken to Clinton McDonald, who uh, you can read about on page 102. Uh, well, this race is just one that I um, – it was one of those where you looked at it and you came up with one set of tips and then you looked at it again and, uh, you know, you, you, anyway, I've ended up in the same place as you guys, Cascadian, who I haven't been that, that big a fan of. But, uh, yeah, look, that run in the Lawrence uh, certainly stood out. The second behemoth, well, Shane Anderson, after they after that day a fortnight ago, tweeted that uh, the impression was that uh, the ones from uh, the race in Adelaide were going to make a bigger impression this spring than the ones in the Lawrence. But... You know, I, I think that's just just the look of a race, isn't it? You know, when when you've got these good horses flying home uh, and catching the eye at the end there, it's somehow all, always more impressive than one where they've stacked them up and uh, not much makes much ground. So, anyway, I've got Behemoth in for second, but Regal Power, I'm giving another chance. Uh, number one is my third selection and the winner of the Lawrence for fourth, Sabatiano. But having said that, I just can't believe I've left out two of my favourite horses in Mystic Journey and Arcadia Queen. But I have. My numbers 9, 7, 1 and 13. Needless to say, I'll be putting them in the quaddy. Uh, and speaking of the quaddy, I haven't really noticed too many chances to skinny it up so far, but maybe race 10, Moet and Sean Don, Cochrane Stakes, 1,200 metres for the Mayors, four years old and up. Set weights and penalties, Joel. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're going a bit wide in those early legs, and I think that's going to be the, the game plan for a lot of people in terms of quaddy, and then they're going to be really tightening it up in the last. I think a lot of people will have Rubisaki one out, and then they might chuck two or three others in uh, for a smaller percentage. And, look, that's probably the way I'll play it. In, in saying that, I haven't got Rubisaki on top. She will be very hard to beat. I thought number eight, Miss Sol Mantra, would run well here. She's run well at all of her runs at Caulfield. She's had no luck on a couple of occasions. She was a winner as a two-year-old. She ran an outstanding and nail-biting second to flit in the 1,000 guineas. So I think it might have been a bit of a target race from the Snowdens because she goes really well at Caulfield. Her autumn prep was a bit patchy. She was disappointing first up but had excuses, then bounced back in the surround and ran really well. That was a strong surround. And she had a couple of tough runs after that, wide runs that you can probably put a pen through. Thought she trialled good in Sydney, jumped out well at Flemington with Damien Lane aboard. She'll get a 
a soft run. If she gets clear air at the right time, she might be the winner at good odds. From one Rubisaki, well, she's just a ripper, isn't she? Eight wins, two seconds, ten starts. Not much more to add. Eleven, she shall fly. She's flying. They've stepped her up in grade her last couple. She's run two ripping races in the Bletchingley and the Regal Roller. So back to Mare's grade. She has to have a case. And, well, no knock on 12. Bless her. I left her out of my numbers last start in an eight-horse field. Silly me. She won again. Five in a row, so I'm not leaving her out this time. Eight, one, eleven, twelve. It's really hard to tip against Rubasaki, although whilst it is a leg, you could probably say that we have to go skinny. Um, I think there's a plenty of good chances in this race. It'll be difficult to sort of um, create a quality this week. Rubasaki, though, on top, uh, obviously did it all last prep. Picket fencer wins, um, handles all going. Um, just a bit of a bomb-proof mare, this one, and I think she can get the job done here, although Miss Old Man will be going in for mine. That autumn prep on in, on paper, um, you know, 10th, 5th, 4th, 13th. There's already two flash shots to the eye, but in every single one of those starts, she had a genuine excuse. Um, and as Joel Touchman does like the track. So she's in, in the game for sure. I thought, bless her, has to be included. This is the toughest race to date, but um, she keeps stepping up and, and raising the bar each time she's, she steps out. I like the five, Broadway and fourth, a bit of a favourite of mine. Um, her win at Caulfield here over 1,100 metres. Last preparation was awesome. Uh, the way she rounded them up um, will need a speed on, but Ben Mallon back aboard and um, they combined well, these two. And I think at a bigger price, she can go on a wider quaddy. One, eight, five, and 12. Yeah, look, I've got Rubisaki on top and uh, made her the best, which is probably a, a bit weak. Uh, but... Um, it is a very, very hard day, having said that. Joel, I'm very uh, pleased to know that uh, you've got She Shall Fly back in your numbers because, um, <laughs> yeah, they're just two really good runs since you did that interview with Kevin Corstens. Uh, the first of them just completely unsuited uh, at the weights, ran fifth, very, very, very good run, another great run last time. So She Shall Fly for second, uh, another. Mare in form in Bless Her for third and Muse or Murs for fourth. One, 11, 12 and six for me. As I say, Rubisaki was my best. My value bet comes up in race five, which we didn't cover the 2,000 metre uh, quality handicap. I thought Chabau turned out after one uh, so-so run last prep, but uh, the first prep in Australia, unbeaten uh, and was first up, did win first up at 2,000 uh, Coming right home from the back, Pikey aboard. And uh, I thought Chabau was a good way to go each way. So, Joel, tell us all about this great um, benchmark 78, which is uh, race two, and we find your uh, best on the program coming up. Yeah, I've built it up, this race. Um, <laughs> when you've got the final, just looking at the final field, excluding the emergencies, the lowest rating is 75. So it tells you it's a strong seven, benchmark 78. But then, of course, you've got Windstorm, who missed the run at the Valley last week, who's just got all the wraps on him. And then you've got Express Pass, Rulership. As genuine sort of stakes-grade horses, even Legionnaire's been proven at stakes level. And you've got a number of others that have certainly got plenty of talent. I've gone Express Pass. I just figure... I've always liked this horse. Listeners would know I was sort of with him in the spring. They stepped him up in distance off that excellent run in the Dane Hill and he, he didn't have sort of all favours in the Guineas Pro. He then probably didn't run the mile in the Guineas. He came back at Bendigo, liked his will to win there, really had to knuckle down to get past Acumen, who's got a bit of talent. 
So I liked his uh, his effort there. And if he's going to be a stakes horse, well, I think he, he gets his chance to, to sort of declare his hand here and, and win again. So I'm keen on Express Pass. Windstorm will be surging at him late. The closer and rulership are chances. But uh, I'm keen on Express Pass. National choice is my value for the day. Race 7, number 14. But uh, yeah, plenty of value amongst the tips on Saturday. And, uh, Joel, the, well, you mentioned uh, that the final field, the lowest rater was 75. But clearly the lowest rater uh, of the acceptors uh, is one of the emergencies in Ocula. And... Uh, Shay Eden in Matt uh, Stewart's column last week was uh, declaring Ocula, the very informed Shay Eden was declaring Ocular as the best horse he has. So, uh, yeah, well, he's shown plenty of promise. Though. Only five starts. He's got that second at Caulfield to How Romantic in a benchmark 70 under his belt. So, yeah, certainly another horse with, uh, with plenty of upside. Certainly is a top quality benchmark 78. Well, Joel's, uh, as you mentioned, uh, his value bet is race 7, number 14, national choice. My best race 10, number 1, Rubisaki. Value race 5, number 9, Shabao. Daniel's best race 8, number 14, Gamekeeper. Value bet race 6, number 13, Diamond Effort. Uh, we head across to Rosehill Gardens for Sydney Racing on Saturday, where there is uh, a fair bit of black type starting fairly early. Is it starting in uh, race five with the... Yep. San Domenico, race five. Yeah, so race five, we're leaving it out of the quarter because there's only six in it, but it's an intriguing race. Set weights and penalties for three years old at Group 3 level, 1,100 metres, 160,000. And, uh, George, uh, Joel, we've entrusted you with uh, a front page uh, front page here, and you've gone for Mama Reagan. Yeah, I'm with Mama Reagan here. Uh, he's sort of my early sort of golden rose pick at this early stage. He just went a long way in that first prep, uh, won a Group 2 on debut, uh, three weeks later, he pops up in a golden slipper and runs third to Farnham and then lost his spot mid-race and still ran on strongly in the size to run third. So it was a terrific first prep. Really been taken by his trials leading in. The latest when second to Farnham and sort of, you know, sticking to his coattails a bit there. And we saw Farnham come out and impressively win another trial. So I'm with one Mama Reagan uh, to make two... Doubtland was one of the wins of the Autumn Carnival there in the kindergarten. I really liked him that day, so a bit hard to jump off. But I think this preppy might come back not as sharp. I sort of can see him being more your 1,400-mile type horse, uh, but uh, certainly keen to see him return. Three Anders, another one jumping off, was with him in the Rosebud, and he demolished his rivals. That was on heavy ground, so he's got to come back to a good track and beat Better opposition. So just another box he has to tick. And five pelts. So you can't knock him. Three from three in that first prep and looked every bit of stakes class horse. So it's small field, but really smart race. One, two, three, five for me. Yeah, really looking forward to this. I'm with Doubtland on top. The kindergarten win was um, still in the back of my mind. It was so explosive the way he put him, put him away, Doubtland. On a heavy eight, we'll see a good track here. And uh, the recent trial was okay, but um, Richard Abdullah has come out and said they'll be ready to go. He's a, more of a horse that performs on race day, and his two starts today he's certainly done that. So he's on top. Mama Reagan, a uh, yeah, fan of him as well. The, the leaps he took in that first preparation, of course, winning a Skyline on, on Taboo, and then in the Golden Slipper and Size, Produce able to place in both of them uh, on the back of those trials, which Joel has touched on. Um, 
He's in for a ripping preparation. So two to beat one for five in next Pelksa, who, of course, beat Overlord twice. Overlord is one I'm keen on later in the day. And in for fourth over the three. Anders already has that um, that race under race start under his belt. His preparation, two, one, five, and three. Across to race seven for the second of the black type events at Rose Hill on Saturday. It is the De Bortoli Wines Ming Dynasty. 1,400-metre group three for three-year-olds. And we're in agreement here. Joel, you go first. Yeah, four overlord for me. He's a maiden in the field, but gee, ran some cracking races in that first prep. Two excellent runs and defeat behind Peltzer. And then uh, went to Brisbane, and it was a bit of a, a nightmare for those that stepped in at the double figures. Just the barrier beat him. He got a long way back. Didn't get to the outside on the turn. Had to sort of try and sneak runs in between them and was still savaging the line. Running on for fourth. He's had a couple of nice quiet trials and I think he'll be very hard to beat. Number two, Ames, a big improver with the run under the belt at Canterbury. Just not suited at Canterbury at the moment going back and, and that's what he did. He went back from a wide gate with 59 and a half. He got warm late. He did pull up with a bit of an issue there too. So he can only improve. Uh, one, Hollyfield just carries the penalty again, the 59. He had that first up in the up and coming. I thought his last 100 metres there was okay after wanting to lay in and do a few things wrong. So I thought it was a satisfactory return, and he should take benefit from that. And eight, Oscar Zulu, I didn't think was too bad in the up-and-coming either after meeting with severe interference at Rose Hill at his previous start. But I'm keen on Overlord to break through. Four from two, one and eight. He doesn't find the deepest of group threes, does he, Overlord, to um, potentially break his maiden? I think he does. Um, his form in, um, earlier in the year was very good that... JJ Atkins' run was good without luck. Uh, I think he'll be breaking through here. Hard to beat. The danger, the two, is aim. Um, excuses offered first up. Uh, of course, he was another who was put in these sort of group three, group one races last time in and performed well. Um, gets onto a dry track today. That will be um, that will help his cause. Seven in next Achiever. First up for the Wallace Stable and the one Holyfield in for fourth. But... Keen on the four and probably Quinella with the four and the two in that race. I think um, can go skinny in the quaddy. Four, two, seven, and one. A bit more depth in the last of the black type races at Rose Hill on Saturday. That is race eight, the Iron Jack Premier's Cup. 1,900 metre group three quality handicap. Full field, 14 to face the starter, Joel. Yeah, well, number three, Mugatu has uh, already been heavily backed. I think the tab went up first on Wednesday at 3.30 and, and quickly it was in a full point to $2.30. So that tells you that he's the the one the, the punters want to be on early. I'm certainly in his camp. It was an excellent win first up at 1,500 metres in the Winter Challenge. Everything he's done in Australia has uh, suggested he's a stakes winner in the making he got that listed win, and now he progresses to a group three. So I think he's the one to beat. I thought number 14, Savakul, might take a bit of confidence out of that win at Hawkesbury. She got over her rivals late there in the Rolly Mile. She had a, a pretty decent winter campaign up there in Brisbane, wasn't able to win, but had a couple of group three seconds. She's very consistent. Uh, 12, frankly awesome. She was going well before that last run on the Kensington track. Now, she pulled up with an issue there, so it was a forget run. In any case, she got back and the, the pattern was totally against her. If you go on her previous run with the win in the Mikel Cup, I think she's well-placed with 53.5. And, and five, Rondonella, who's got a horror gate, but uh, I thought this former Kiwi was doing good late work over 1,400 fresh. 
she can only progress further up in trip three on top of 14, 12 and five. Yeah, conceding the favourite will be hard to beat, but I'm in the camp of uh, Rondonella. I love the first up run at Rainwick. He, she was a mile off from the turn. was never going to win from back there, but she cut into the margin. Uh, that last sort of 150 metres was very good on a heavy 10. Back on top of the ground suits her. Um, a good a good rated track stats are very good. And obviously, as will the rise in trip. Um, I think at a price, she'll have an each-way play on her. Mugger two. In next for reasons outlight, stunning wind fresh. Um, you'll only improve only the 12 starts under this belt, so there's plenty of upside to come. In for third, I have the 12, frankly awesome, and I think Savakul as well, worth throwing in as well. I really like that. Running the Rowley Mile. Um, she always promised performances like that, but sort of always found one or two better. Um, she can probably go on with it and well weighted at 53 kilos. 5, 3, 12, 14. Okay, well, conveniently enough, we have covered Daniel's specials. Race seven, number four, Overlord, his best. Race eight, number five, Rondonella, his value bet. Joel, you, t- you take us into the last race and last leg of the quaddy, of course, for your best of the day at Rose Hill. Yeah, number eight, subpoenaed best of the day for me. 1,200 metres is, um, you know, probably right at the edge of her distance-wise, but I don't think she has to get all that far back from gate five. She just needs to get clear air. She was stepped out over 2,000 metres in the Vinery last prep, but her best runs were clearly at 1,400 metres. A fresh win, a very good second in the James Carr behind Rubasaki, a terribly unlucky fourth at Randwick, and then a good third in the Fred Best at Doombin to end her campaign. She's trialling well. James McDonald to ride. She's got a, a really good turn of foot when she gets a chance to show it. So hopefully she does on Saturday. I've made her the best. And the value comes up early in the day. One I was tipping last week. Gee, I was disappointed in the run, but I'm going to give him another chance. And that's This Is So, race four, number eight. That was his third run at the mile. Maybe he was just looking for further. The winner sort of stacked them up, Frosty Rocks, pinched a break on the turn and left everything standing. The jockey reported that he possibly wasn't happy racing inside of horses. And his previous start, he set three wide, no cover, and still won. So maybe he just needs a bit of room. I think if he gets that... The 2,000 metres should suit, and I like horses on the quick backup. So I'm going to give him another chance off what I thought was disappointing on face value last week, but uh, he's worth another go, race four, number eight. All righty, then. Racing on the Parks track at Morfordville on Saturday, and we do have a black type race. Formerly known as the Penny Edition, wait for age over 1,400 metres. Now the Leon McDonald Stakes, Leon very humbly telling Richard that he thinks there are other people who are probably more deserving of a uh, race named after them than him, but I, I can't think of any in South Australian racing. I would have thought he would be first cab off the rank, so good on him that he is. And he's got a very good chance in this, in uh, number nine, Dallas Ann, who has no uh, behemoth to contend with and certainly caught the eye at the end, and that's the way you're going, Daniel. Yeah, really hard to look past Dallas Ann. Uh, $1.50, $1.45 when I last looked at the price, and Probably about the right price about um, on the back of that run in the spring stakes. Of course, Behemoth is pretty well fancy to um, perform well in a Group 1 in Melbourne on Saturday. And I think uh, put the shorts in a multi. I think it'll be really hard to beat Dallas Ann. I think Fox Hall, the four, can run a race. I really liked his first up one in that spring stakes. Got a long way back. Closed well without real threat to those first couple. Um, but I like the way he finished off. Um, fitter for that run. 
And the rice of 1,400 metres will only uh, suit him. He's got very good stats over the trip. Dexalation, a winner at Mooney Valley. I'm taking a Melbourne. Um, in a blanket go there. And Rainmouth in next, uh, also coming out of that spring stakes. Uh, lightly raced six-year-old, only had the nine starts. But she's she's certainly still improving. And I think the Ryzen Tripper will certainly help her as well. So my numbers in that race, nine to beat four, three, and 11. And your specials are either side of race seven. Sure are. Born to play, mare from the Tony and Calvin McAvoy sale. Made my best in Adelaide um, already once. And that was when she was first up at Moorfield, two dollar ten favorite. She was, I think she was four dollars in a two ten, and something like the last couple of hours, the two hours before the race, and she um, was a little one pace, pretty disappointing. I was on a soft seven, her first go on a soft track, so I put it down to the wet track. She then came out uh, at Murray Bridge at a midweek race and uh, blitzed them, sat on the speed, and was, and was far too good. The runner-up Miss Mourinho has run well in town and carried fifty-three and a half kilos that day. She's no slouch. Uh, it was a very good win from Bourne to play. I'm going to be following her everywhere she goes as preparation. I think she's a very talented mare. Had a few issues early with the Wallace stable, but there was the talent was there, although she didn't win. Um, I think she can continue to go on, and she has seen support during the week. So $3, happy to take that. She's my best in Adelaide and probably the best all around the country for the day, Bourne to play. The value comes up in race six. Uh, Nature Deal, who... When doing the form on Wednesday before markets had come out, I thought she'd sort of come around $8, $9. She's gone up 14 That's well over the odds. Um, of course, you look at the form. She's first up for about 70 weeks. So she's last she won on debut back in May 2019. It was a handy little balaclava maiden, two-year-old race. Um, led and held him off. She carries 51.5 kilos after the claim. Um, and whilst there is some good horses in this field, Streetcar Stranger ran well behind Parlophone in a listed race and DiMaggio resumes. I thought Nature Deal at 14 to 1 um, with no weight on her back was worth an each way play. Race 6, number 10. Anything uh, to say about Morfordville, John? Uh, race 1, number 1, I think will be winning Crown Mint. Has come up favourite, around $293, but I've heard Gordon Richard speak quite highly about this horse a couple of occasions. He did a good job in the first prep. Came across the border and won a maiden at Sandown. All of his other runs, he was in the money. They've whacked the blinkers on first up. So I think he'll be ready to go, and he could be a Melbourne visitor in the spring. So uh, race one, number one, get your turkey early. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Eagle Farm is the venue for turkey getting in Brisbane on Saturday. And, uh, Daniel, well, you were very keen last week, uh, indeed, to the extent of your lazy lobster on Lunar Light, uh, who did find one better. And, uh, well, if you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> Endless River is your best for the day. <laughs> exactly right. Um, it's a good card at Eagle Farm. Of course, the stakes racing and the other three states. But um, Brisbane has a pretty handy three-year-old race in race three. I'll touch on that a bit later, but I'll give my best first. Um, yeah, Endless River. Both Endless River and Lunar Light both came out of a Gold Coast Class 3 and Endless River had a good run throughout, but um, it was far too strong. First up, uh, I think Luna Light's a pretty classy mare and she ran well in town last Saturday, as you alluded to. He's only had the seven starts in this river. He's only going up. He's got more upside than his rivals here. And uh, with even luck, I think it'll be really hard to beat. He's 8.50 in, in the market. I think the, the one all-important will go forward and, and take some running down, I concede. But Endless River, the four, um, I think we'll be running better races than this in time. And take the 850, I think it's a good price. Uh, my value has been scratched. Continuation, I think, we'll be running um, either at Wyong on Sunday or maybe Gosford tomorrow. Um, so 
I'll just touch on this three-year-old race. Yeah, Kizakano's a dollar fifty-five favourite and deserves to be favourite. It was a pretty dominant win by this filly um, last start. She led, and once she led, it was sort of all over from there. She pretty easy time of it in front and kept kicking. It was a good win. Um, I thought the elect the ten though, song sing for violet. Um, Peter Fleming trained the Rockhampton stable. Um, doesn't bring his horses to Brisbane for, for fun, I guess. Is She's won five or six in Rocky and Mackay and sort of northern Queensland. And um, she looks have plenty of class about her. I thought $18, 53 kilos on her back. Um, she was worth an each-way nibble. Conceding the, the nine, Kizakana will be hard to beat. Um, but, yeah, the best of the day in Brisbane. Race four, number four, Endless River. And I think um, race three, number 10, Sing for Violet's worth an each-way play. All righty, Belmont once again, the venue for Perth Racing on Saturday. There is a black type race. It is race six, the idyllic Prince Stakes, over 1,300 metres uh, at weight for age. And, uh, well, free trade, disappointing first up as an odds-on pop. But uh, Scotty McDonald is sticking. Uh, at least we get black figures this time, I guess. Free trade to be Dance Music, Multiverse and Saracino. That is seven, nine, eight and six. Scotty's best race, five, number five, Vissel Tester. And value bet is race one, number one, Nurbachi, who does look to have come up $3.80. Favourite, Joel, earlier in the day across the Tasman, they're racing at Rickerton and Tauronga. Yeah, at Rickerton, we'll try and get the cash early. Race one, number eight, Elizabeth Rose, really been taken by her trial. She had one in the North Island earlier this year, and uh, the owner... Sent her down to the south. She won her trial recently in really good style. This is a bit of a race, and she obviously gives away experience on debut. She's a daughter of Contributor, of course, former Godolphin import, won a Chipping Norton and a Ranvet, standing at stud over in New Zealand. It's already thrown in a couple of handy types. So I think she'll run really well on debut here, race one, number eight. I'll be interested to see what the market thinks. And my value at Rickerton, still in two races, Races five and nine, but doesn't have a jockey in race nine, so I'd say they're leaning to race five. And it's number five, the buffer. Well, it was a bit of a nightmare to watch first up. Uh, sorry, not first up, last start. His first run down in the South Island after some North Island runs. Just never, ever got out at all in the straight. I think he last 20 metres, he, he might have seen some di- daylight, but never got off the bridle. It was a hard watch, and I think for that reason, he might go out over the odds. Race five, I think he'll run in that race, number five. And at Tauronga, again, the best comes up in the first. Race one, number six, Francesca. I backed her at her first start in a midweek, a strong midweek meeting at Taupo a couple of Wednesdays ago. Gee, it was a run. She lost her spot, was well back on the turn, and motored late into fourth. They had her in a race on Wednesday. Murray Baker and Andrew Forsman elected to take her out. Uh, there was a, a $1.30 debutante, which just won for fun, and I think they were a bit worried about her. But I think Francesca will be very hard to beat, race one, number six. And the value play at Tauronga, race five, number five, Nasha Reva. The locals always go well at Tauronga. If you're sort of not getting too deep into the form, always try and find those trained on the track. She's one of those. She had a pretty decent prep last time in. She will get better over further, but I think 1,300 first up off a good recent trial. Should suit her. She looks a good each way bet. Race five, number five. That wraps up a massive Saturday of racing around Australasia with spring only days away and brings us to the segment we call Lazy Lobsters. (laughs) 
Much to boast about last week. Uh, Joel, I think you half get off with uh, one that didn't run, but uh, the rest of us, no excuses whatsoever. I'll kick us off this week. I'm going to go each way. I just need to collect. I'm going to go each way. Race five, number five at Caulfield Chabau. Our guest lobsterer this week is Josh McInnes, and he's going in the big one. He's going for the South Australian behemoth, a 20 a wing. Joel. Uh, I'll be very patient, wait for the last at Rose Hill, race nine, number eight, subpoenaed. Back to basics, just the one bet, we'll go 20 on Born to Play, race eight at Morpherville. Excellent. Well, if you would like to be our guest lobster, send an email to incoming at winningpost.com.au. Obviously, after the fields come out for the weekend, but before about lunchtime on Thursday, lazy lobsters in the subject line and uh, get your chance to pitch your wits against us for hunting glory. <laughs> Finally, think, uh, just uh, leads us to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. Uh, it is online as we speak via winningpost.com.au in the shops Friday morning. Saturday, Tassie still this week, but the great news is that for the start of spring, we will be available every Friday in Tasmania because we are printing the paper in Launceston, so that will solve all our problems, which have been on an ongoing headache for about, uh, well, for as nearly as long as we've been doing it because uh, the uh, airlines do tend to uh, chuck that sort of freight off the planes from time to time. So it's been very frustrating both for us and the readers in Tassie, but great news, we will be out in the shops every Friday in Tasmania as of next week. So with that, uh, have a great weekend, punters, back plenty of winners, and we will talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.